0: Well, hey everyone, it's so great to see y'all's faces on this Zoom worship gathering. Uh, For those of you who don't know me, my name is John. Um, I serve as a pastor here and um, yeah, I'm excited to be able to share a a shorter word of encouragement before our time of sharing, reflection and communion, right? So uh, let me go ahead and share my screen and then we will um, do this here. All right, can y'all see it? All right, great. All right. Well, um, yeah, today I'm going to be wrapping up um, the series that we just started called Fall Afresh, Faith for a New Day. And we've been looking at our annual theme verse for the year, which comes from 2 Timothy 1.7, right? For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Hey, let's say a word of prayer together. God, I thank you so much for this day and the chance to gather as your church. And I pray that your spirit would fall afresh on us wherever we are, God. And help us to realize this amazing gifts that you have given to us through your spirit. So I pray that you would speak through your word, speak through me, and speak through one another as we get a chance to hear from each other. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> so um, as we conclude our series i wanted to uh, refresh our memory on a couple of things that we talked about over the last few weeks um first to remember that this letter was written by the apostle paul to his protege timothy paul was like a spiritual father to t- timothy and this letter this charge is written with an abundance of tenderness and love The second thing to remember is that Paul had proclaimed the gospel to the people of Ephesus, and he had planted a church there. And now he had passed the baton of leadership to Timothy, who was tasked with providing spiritual oversight to this new community of faith. Uh, Now, uh, I'm sure Ted can attest, but leading any church is hard enough as it is. But Ephesus and the church that Timothy was overseeing had some unique problems because there were some false teachers who had infiltrated this community and they were spreading this false teaching. In fact, Paul later says it was spreading like gangrene. So needless to say that the task that Timothy was, uh, the, the challenge that was facing Timothy was really big and he didn't feel like he, he wasn't sure if he could rise to this challenge. Uh, and this is why then, you know, Paul is trying to encourage Timothy and he tells him, hey, don't let, Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but set an example. And then he tells them in this verse, right? The spirit God gave you doesn't make you timid, but fills you with power, love, and self-discipline. Timothy desperately needed to hear some words of encouragement and affirmation. He needed to be reminded of the resources that were at his disposal that would enable him to rise to the task before him. And friends, isn't this so true of us today? We are facing challenges on so many different sides and so many different levels. The pandemic has worn many of us thin. Uh, The isolation has taken a severe mental and emotional toll. Uh, Our uh, our friendships, our our marriages, our family, uh, they've been tested many times over as we've lived in uh, quarantine or in isolation. Um, you know, you think about the state of politics over the last year has left many people traumatized. The pursuit of racial righteousness and reconciliation is met with ongoing resistance. The challenge of staying defined and connected when things are so polarized, right, with your family, with your family members. Uh, school opening only to close again. Some of you students have faced that, and it's just very challenging. So in these days, I really believe we need to be reminded that God has given us all the resources that we need to rise to the challenges before us. And so I've been thinking a little bit about um, the relationship between fear, power, love, and self-discipline because uh, Paul says, the spirit hasn't given us a spirit of timid timidity or fear, the spirit of power, love, and self-discipline. So it's made me wonder like, What's the relationship between fear and power love and self-discipline? And I think it's this, that fear makes us feel powerless. It leads to a sense of paralysis. Fear causes us to forget that we actually have agency. I think fear makes us selfish, shrinking our capacity to love. And fear causes us to be undisciplined When we are afraid, we tend to react rather than live in alignment with our guiding principles. And so in the face of all these challenges, it's easy for for fear to really creep into our souls and hearts, but that's not from the spirit of God. The spirit gives us power, a power to sacrificially love, serve, and advocate for our neighbors, and especially those who are overlooked and on the margins. Last week, Pastor Ted helped us see that the Spirit empowers us to love as Christ did, a love which has the power to transform enemies into friends. And this week, let's look at how the Spirit gives us discipline. So I was thinking about discipline, -discipline, self-discipline. And I think, at least for me, we may tend to think of self-discipline as a personality trait. We tend to evaluate ourselves and others like, oh, that person has a lot of self-discipline. Uh, that couch potato doesn't. Uh, I think of folks like this guy. Um, meet Johnny Kim, if you haven't have heard of him before. Uh, he's like mid-30s and he was a Navy SEAL, um, Harvard M.T., and then an astronaut, right? Like you look at this guy, you're like, come on. But I feel like Johnny is like the embodiment of self-discipline. I think of people in the military. I think of uh, Olympic athletes uh, having a lot of discipline. Um, In reality, discipline isn't like a binary thing though. It's not like you have it or you don't. It's a lot more fluid than that. Um, We all have areas in our lives where we are very disciplined and areas where we are not so disciplined. Uh, I think Chris and I were talking about coffee just a moment ago and I am very disciplined about drinking two cups of coffee every day. It's very regular for me, no matter what I am doing, I will stop around 10 or 11 a.m. and get my mid-morning coffee. No one has to tell me, no one has to nag me or remind me. I don't even have to think about it, I just do it. It's, It's part of my life, it's a habit. I'm very disciplined about it. But there are other things that I'm very not disciplined about, such as cleaning, I don't like to clean, so I avoid it, and I don't do it as often as I need to. And so a person may achieve a high level of success in their career or in school, and we may assume, oh, that, must, that person must be really disciplined. Um, but then we learn that maybe they commit some spectacular moral failure, uh, and we realize that there was a shadow side that we weren't able to see parts of their lives, maybe it was their spiritual life or their family life, their relational life, their thought life, that was very undisciplined. And so I share all that just to say that all of us have varying levels of discipline in our lives. But what this passage is telling us that one of the gifts that the Spirit gives to us is the gift of self-discipline. This word also means self-control or prudence. And so whether you see yourself Uh, as a disciplined person or not? Um, Let me see. Yeah, so whether you see yourself as a disciplined person or not, um, I'd like you to know something this morning. God has given you the gift of self-discipline. So we need to believe it, and we need to use it. We need to cultivate that discipline, especially, especially, especially in our life with God and others but how you might ask. Um, So to answer this question, I think it's really helpful to move the conversation from self-discipline to the spiritual disciplines. So what's the relationship between self-discipline and spiritual disciplines? Simply this, the spirit gives us the power that we need to lead a disciplined life. Spiritual disciplines are the specific and concrete practices, habits, and rhythms that the spirit works through to form us into the image of Christ. The spirit gives us the discipline needed to regularly engage these practices and habits so that over moments that turn into days, that turn into weeks, that turn into months, that turn into years, that turn into a lifetime, we become who God intended us to be. This is the gist of Philippians 2, 12 to 13, where Paul writes, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you. So work out your salvation with discipline and intention, with reverence, because God is at work within you. Now, um, I want to acknowledge the fact that some of us Uh, grew up in churches um, with very rigid rules. And you may have created an association between the oppressive legalism you felt and this idea of spiritual disciplines. And so rather than being a freeing thing, this inviting thing, discipline was a heavy yoke that you had to carry. And maybe later in life, you kind of woke up to the ideas of grace and freedom And so you cast off that yoke. But now, maybe while you've embraced freedom in your spiritual life, you've also discovered, if you're honest, that the lack of discipline means feeling a bit like you're floating along sometimes without much meaningful forward progress in your walk with God. Have you ever felt that? I know I have. And so I think we may need to reframe how we see the spiritual disciplines, to see them in a new light. And I think the words of Richard Foster are are pretty helpful here. He writes, neither should we think of the spiritual disciplines as some dull drudgery aimed at exterminating laughter from the face of the earth. Have you ever thought that like, oh, spiritual discipline, self-discipline, this is like party pooper time, right? Instead he writes, joy, joy is the keynote of all the disciplines. The purpose of the disciplines is liberation from the stifling slavery to self-interest and fear. When the inner spirit is liberated from all that weighs it down, it can hardly be described as dull drudgery. Singing, dancing, even shouting uh, characterize the disciplines of the spiritual life. Okay, so in all honesty, I've never heard of shouting as a spiritual discipline. Uh, But the point is that spiritual disciplines are meant to be a source of joy. They are meant to be life-giving. They are meant to bring liberation. And Dallas Willard explains that there are two primary categories of spiritual disciplines. Uh, There are the disciplines of abstinence and the disciplines of engagement. Um, So the disciplines of abstinence are those that we do, uh, do without, doing without. These are the practices which help us gain regain control over areas where we're stumbling, as well as to make space for God to fill with something better. So think of practices like solitude, silence, secrecy, frugality, fasting, right? From food or technology or social media. Um, over, um, you know, I took a sabbatical recently and I one of the gifts of my sabbatical is that I was finally able to break free from the, change of, from the chains of habitually checking my work email on my phone. Okay, that, this has been a habit I've been trying to kick for a long time, um, but I've now been back at work uh, for the last two months and I've managed to keep my work email off my phone. Um, and you may not like see that as a typical spiritual discipline, but for me not checking my work email incessantly has truly led to greater space, greater peace, less anxiety and more attentiveness to those around me. Um, The disciplines of engagement are about doing something. So abstinence is you're refraining from something, engagement is you're gonna do something. Um, So think of worship, community. Uh, In these days, the discipline of community is a practice I think we need to press into uh, reading scripture, meditating on scripture, prayer, celebration, confession, service, hospitality, giving. <clears throat> uh, last week, I had the privilege of taking a class in, in which Dr. Robert Chow Romero was a guest speaker. He's the author of a book called Brown Church. He's a professor of Chicano and Asian Studies at UCLA uh, he also has his JD at UC Berkeley and is serving as a pastor too at New Song LA, which is a covenant church. Uh, and then, oh yeah, in like his spare time, he's also a community organizer and activist. So this guy has a lot going on in his life. Um, and it's interesting; he shares that the spiritual discipline of reading s- the whole Bible every year has been his most important means of sustaining himself spiritually. And all these work, you know, all this work that he's doing. Uh, And in a recent article, he said that he's now in his 19th time reading through the Bible. Um, So, along with engaging in practices like therapy and spiritual direction, he says this is how he stays healthy. I was just thinking, wow, can you imagine if all of us were in the Word like that? That would have a profound, profound impact on our life together. Now, my guess is some of us hear like his example and we feel encouraged, we're like inspired. The other of us hear that and we feel like guilty. We feel pretty bad on ourselves because our immediate thought is, man, I could never do that. Because every time I try to start a new habit of reading scripture or whatever it might be, I lose steam and I stop. Totally get that. So let me share just two really practical tips that have greatly helped me develop new habits and rhythms. Um, the first tip is to get specific. Get specific about the what, where, and when. It's less helpful to say to yourself, well, I'm gonna to try to read the Bible more regularly this year. And it's a lot more helpful to say, I'm gonna read five minutes in the New Testament every morning at 8, 8 a.m. at the kitchen table, right? The what, five minutes in the New Testament, where, at the kitchen table, when, at 8 a.m. The specificity of those things helps turn like this vague idea into a very concrete and doable step. And the second tip is to incorporate new habits into existing routines. Uh, This is what the author James Clear calls habit stacking. It's a lot harder to start a new habit in isolation. And it's much easier to add a new habit to an existing one that's kind of built into your life. So I don't know if y'all remember, this time last year, I talked to y'all about uh, doing jumping jacks and push-ups as some of my <laughs> new habits for the year, for exercise. Well, guess what? It's a year later. I'm still doing that because I have it stacked. Um, so while my coffee is brewing in the morning, which I am very committed to, you remember, right, I do a little exercise routine. Um, now, admittedly, I'm never going to get like ripped from doing this short five-minute exercise routine, but... It is a good way to get my heart rate going and to do some exercise, which I think is important. Well, over the last few weeks, we've been talking about this Faith Village Pledge. And uh, maybe, honestly, you've been less than interested because, uh, one, uh, you don't like like filling out forms. I don't either. Uh, But maybe, two, the idea of taking on a new habit or discipline right now doesn't sound very appealing. I, I get that. Um, I do want to say, though, that this whole pledge thing is really about something bigger than any one of us individually. Uh, It's really about how we together are growing in our life together as a faith village. Because the body of Christ was never meant to be a spectator show. And in a time when we are literally watching our Sunday gatherings on TV, right, right, It is really easy for that to happen for our faith and our spiritual life to go on autopilot for us to just kind of coast and become complacent as we try to weather this pandemic. But the goal of these spiritual practices and these disciplines isn't for each of us to become some spiritual version of Johnny Kim It's for each of us to become more as God intended you and I to be. The challenges we are facing are many. And I think the pull to succumb to fear is really strong. It's really great right now. The pull to paralysis, the pull to become inward focused and self-centered, the pull to spiritual laziness, they are all great. And so perhaps now more than ever, we need to be deeply connected to God and to one another. And God's promise is this, God hasn't given to us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-discipline. God has given us all the resources that you and I need to rise to the challenge. So we're going to have some time of uh, quiet reflection right now. Um, I realize that in the busyness of our days, in the rhythms of pandemic life, it is hard to have space to step back and think, oh, what kind of new habits is God inviting me to? And so we wanted to just provide a couple minutes to discern that, to just prayerfully listen to the voice of God who is with us and to ask yourself, Is God inviting you into some new rhythms or habits so that you could pursue your life with God and others? Um, Some of you may like to use this time to, yeah, think about some practices or habits that you'd like to try on in the coming year. Uh, Maybe some of you already did that and you already thought of some practices. Uh, Perhaps you can use this time to get more specific about the what, where, and when or how you might incorporate into an existing habit. Okay, so we're going to take the next two minutes or so of just quiet um, to reflect on this. Feel free to turn off your camera if you want or just to uh, write down some thoughts. Okay, let's do this together. amen all right great well we trust that the lord is at work in all of us and um yeah i want to encourage you to if you haven't had a chance yet to um fill out the faith village pledge that's a way for us to be able to pray for our community uh and it's also a form of accountability too um uh, gracious accountability so um cassidy i'd love to ask you to invite us to um close us out in prayer
1: will you guys pray with me please Father, we thank you for our community and um, a space where we can openly share your word and follow you together um, in a country where we can do that freely. And Father, I thank you this morning for um, the words you spoke to each of our hearts through uh, worship, through um, considering disciplining your spirit, And Father, I just ask that um, however you have uh, encouraged us this morning, whatever you have nudged us in or spoken to us, I pray that you would fine tune our our hearts and our perspectives every day so that we may keep in mind that uh, we're not doing this for ourselves. We are doing this uh, because we want to live a life with you and we want to be transformed by you every day. And so we thank you for drawing us into a space of more gratitude and drawing us into um, more boldness and drawing us into a deeper prayer life or a a life where we include you in our workspace every day. And um, Lord, as you just continue to pour yourself out into our lives, I pray that our hearts would just have open, open receiving um, posture toward you. And that uh, we would not lose lose sight of uh, you, our our goal, our everything, our life, and all of this. Uh, it's in Jesus' precious name. I pray. Amen.